On last week's episode of This Paranormal Life, it's 1931 on the Isle of Man. On a hill lay a farmhouse, home to the Irving family. One night, by the light of lamp, they heard scratching. It sounded like it was coming from behind the walls. The Irvings looked at each other and summoned the courage to ask, Who are you? The creature said its name was Jeff. Jeff said that he was a mongoose. Split the atom! I am the fifth dimension! I am the eighth wonder of the world! You don't know what damage or harm I could do if I were roused. I could kill you all, but I won't. Welcome back to This Paranormal Life, the podcast where every week we dissect a different paranormal tale, claim, or case and get to the bottom of whether it is true or whether it is false. You are being joined by myself, Kit Greer, this guy, Roy Pars. Hello, hello. And you're actually tuning in to um, part two of a two-part series on a paranormal mongoose called Jeff. If that doesn't make sense to you, get the f*** out. Because you obviously didn't listen to the first part. You're obviously not a fan of the show. Not welcome. And we take that personally. So if you don't know what that is, get out. If you do, (laughs) welcome back, brother. Listen, if you like your stories to make sense... Uh, I highly recommend going back to episode one. It might not even make sense. I highly recommend going to the next town because you're not welcome here. You're really doubling down on this, like hating on the people who missed the last episode. It's easier to make enemies than friends. I've learned that in life. Right. Bad outlook. You just made an enemy for life. Wow. Asshole. So last week we heard all about the Irving family in the Isle of Man and discovered Jeff, the mongoose. We knew that Jeff had been, to say the least, kind of a weird anti-hero. Whilst he helped the family on occasion, leading them to believe that he was friendly, he also did mean stuff that made them question his motives. It started off small. One day Jim, the man of the house, took too long to open the morning paper and Jeff yelled, Read it out loud, you fat-headed gnome! Another time, Jeff apparently just started groaning loudly for 30 straight minutes. Good lord. Just to annoy the family. I think at this point, I mean, you refer to him as an anti-hero, and I I think he's probably doing more on the negative side than the plus sides at this point. It's a little bit of a grandiose title. Right. He's more of a dickling, probably. Yeah, that's a fair, fair classification. Yeah, I think to be fair, most of the things that he's doing that are good, like apparently putting out fires that people forget to... Yeah, who started them, Jeff? Fires go out on their own. That's not, like, a massive deal. True. You know, protecting against intruders. They live on a farm in the Isle of Man. There's kind of a finite number of people that even live on the goddamn island, let alone violent intruders that a mongoose is going to scare away. He killed and brought them a rabbit, the pet family rabbit, that was just eating a bit of lettuce in the garden. Thumper, yeah. He just looked at him funny and Jeff flipped. (laughs) I brought in dinner. It's Thumper. I took off his head. Voyeury, the child screaming, crying. (laughs) Ah, shut up, bitch. (laughs) I feel like this is on Jim to be a little more like dad squad. You know, when you're a father, there's nothing more important than the safety of your child. As a father, I know that more than anyone. And I know. Yeah, three children. Really? Yeah, let's move past that though. Fine. I know if keeping them safe means. Sneaking out one morning, getting the F out of H, and never looking back, that's what you have to do. Right, so that would explain why I've never heard of them or seen them. Yeah, it's for their own safety. Yeah, because actually most nights you're just like chilling, playing video games, so I know you're not looking after them in the evenings. No, no, no. no, Okay, they're somewhere else. They're somewhere else. 
just to clarify, they're not, whenever you say to somewhere else, they're not like in heaven or something like that. No, no, no. You think they're still alive. Fine. Good parenting. Those guys, if they were going anywhere, it's straight to hell. The way they treated their old man. (laughs) Just imagining Rory at this sprightly age of 16, a father of three for some reason, with tiny reading glasses on, and a toddler coming up, slapping the morning paper out of his hand. Hey, come on! No authority whatsoever. Just because I'm the devil doesn't ra- mean I'm raising demons. <laughs> so, like I say, doing a few kind of mean little dickling things around the house. But as we discussed, it eventually got pretty dark. Needless to say, word soon got out about Jeff. And you know, it's a small island. It wasn't long until local press started covering the story. Suddenly everyone's reading about it. Naturally, this causes Voiry to get the shit bullied out of her at school. Kids truly can be so cruel. You can imagine. You know, your mongoose loving piece of. <laughs> God she obviously doesn't love the mongoose. <laughs> That's the kind of things kids said to me at school, at least. I mean, that would be the most annoying thing is if people were like, you mongoose loving son. It's like, at least if you're going to make fun of me, know that I hate the mongoose. Like, it's in my house, but I hate the mongoose. It's like, yeah, you you do whatever it takes to protect your beloved mongoose, wouldn't you? Look at this. Lifts off her top. Mongoose scratches. <laughs> it hates me. I hate it. But rather than fizzle out into obscurity, the press didn't subside at all. Eventually, the word reached the rest of the UK and other publications as far away as Hong Kong. Wow. Not to mention magazines and journals about the paranormal all over the world. They were puzzled that Jeff seemed to be a paranormal being cast into the world of matter, but all he seemed to do was gossip about people on the island and annoy the Irving family. Like, he didn't talk about the spirit world at all. Right, which I assume was pretty banging. It seems weird to die be removed from this life, enter a new world mm-hmm. realm, come back, and all you want to do is, like, put out fires and kill rabbits. Yeah. It's sort of suspicious. I don't know, like, you know, you have a friend that, that like, goes on holiday, and they're just like, dude, whenever I go, pff, I'm going to go to all the coolest clubs. I'm going to meet all the hottest chicks. And you're like, yeah, cool. Uh, I'm excited for you. And then, anyway, they go on holiday, they come back, and you're like, oh, hey, how was holiday? How, how are the clubs? And they're like crazy they were just so so wild it was, I, we got, I can't even describe it we honestly. got bottle service at like three of them to make the models nervous yeah i met out with this really hot girl but she goes to a different school so you wouldn't know her oh really uh, you, you don't have like a photo that you she doesn't have me? facebook she oh. didn't have facebook i already asked so don't even ask me about it because she doesn't have it what's her name uh clarissa clarissa okay last name malevolent malevolent like the movie Malevolent. <laughs> Clarissa Lion King Malevolent. Don't try and look her up because she doesn't have Facebook. Her sister, <laughs> Frozen Hercules. So I guess what I'm saying is if he had actually been there, I feel like he would have more to say. Absolutely. I think he said that whenever he died, he would go to the land of mist. He mentioned something about being the fifth dimension. Um, he kind of gave vague hints about the afterlife or other dimensions. I I don't want to jump to conclusions, but none of that sounds like heaven. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. None of that ever sounds like he was in heaven when he died. Right. The land of mist, the fifth dimension. So, Jeff. Yeah. (laughs) Whenever you were, you know, on the other side, Mm -hmm. uh, who did you, like, hang out with? Um, Nixon, Hussein, 
Bin Laden. Uh, okay, weird, weird group there to be up at the. Uh, no, you know, just interesting guys with interesting stories to tell. Yeah, you know, you know. Bad, bad stories just, though. Not, not good ones. Important figures in history. You know. Yeah, the wrong side of, of history though. Uh, what were the gates like? Those the pearly gates. Yeah, I don't know. Spiky, hot, hot. Yeah, hot, steaming, ga- yeah, gas. It, it didn't smell very good. What, the clouds didn't? Sort of sulfurous, I suppose. Right. Did you see Jesus do, 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 up do, do, there? Do. Uh, no, didn't see him. Didn't ask, I have to say. Hitler dominated most of the conversation. <laughs> didn't I- get a chance to ask for Jesus. <laughs> do, 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 do. I just want to nip this in the bud. When you died, did you go up or down? It's hard to tell. It shouldn't sort of be spinning. They're opposite directions. Downwards, I suppose. That's, <laughs> even if it was slightly downwards, that's the wrong way. You said slightly and spinning. I saw the light, though. What light? Fading into the distance. <laughs> I did see the light. What light? Fire. <laughs> okay, that's hell, buddy. You're in hell. You know, I saw the fiery gates. The fiery gates everyone always talks about. You mean the pearly gates? Sure. All this press had a positive effect, though, because this drew the attention of the paranormal investigator community. That's right. The goddamn underground army of heroes that keeps the sheeple safe at night. That's right. Well, one investigator, Harry Price, visited the Irvings to try and meet Jeff, accompanied by one editor from the BBC. I feel like we've covered actually quite a number of stories where like BBC have been involved. Knows their way in. Um, I guess the standard of journalism has gone down in recent years because every time I load up bbc.com forward slash paranormal, I always hit a 404. It's like they don't want to talk about it. Ridiculous. The two guys said, quote, The Irvings were kindness personified and did everything for us. Except produce Jeff. You see, the Irvings showed the man around. But Jeff pointedly refused to show up and even say one word. They were told absolutely everything about him, and days passed. But eventually, they just had to leave, empty-handed. Obviously, the Irvings were completely embarrassed. But no sooner had they left, and Jeff returned. Jim goes, Where the hell have you been? Jeff said he had been on holiday for a few days, and didn't want to do anything to help the Harry Price guy because he was, quote, a doubter. Oh, God. But Jim leveled with him. He said, look, Harry left some plasticine here. Just make some paw prints for him, will you? That way he can prove to the world that you exist. (laughs) No. You see, Jeff had apparently always been bragging about his hands. He said, (laughs) quote, that he had hands as big as big doll's hands. (laughs) (laughs) That's nothing to brag about. That's very small hands. He couldn't even be more creative than just big doll hands. Regular mongoose, tiny hands. Me, it's like twice the size of a fucking action man. <laughs> What's so tiny? It's such tiny. It's like a thumbnail. Listen, I've beaten Barbie's Ken doll year after year in an arm wrestling match. You, you want a high five from me? I'll probably blow your goddamn hand off. <laughs> Listen to this. I'm going to hit the wall. <laughs> you feel the force of the thunder if i had tiny hands could i do this what was that was that a clap i just punched the wall i think i broke my tiny i mean i think i broke my giant doll-sized hands but unbelievably jeff agreed to do these paw prints so they left the plasticine with him waiting patiently 
Initially, he complained, It's too damned hard! I can't do it! <laughs> they, they, like, drop out, like, a little pot of Play-Doh, and they're like, Alright, just do your paw prints here. No, 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 no! You're gonna need about 50 of these bad boys to fit these cannons! So eventually, they softened up the plasticine for him so that he could make the prints. Presumably, he, he slid these out and the tiniest pinprick-sized ball prints were there. <laughs> but finally, evidence. So, I'm, yeah, I can actually, beautifully, I can actually show you these paw prints. <laughs> no, you can't. I can. It's actually quite a tiny f***ing image, so <laughs> I'm going to have to squint. But here are the paw prints. Oh, wow, okay. So imagine you're an investigator getting sent these. They look very different from each other. Yeah, I don't really know what that's about. One is almost like lo long fingers, and the other one is like an actual cat paw. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you those little beans like cats have? Right, yeah, on their feet. beans. That's what that one looks like. I mean, I've got nothing to scale it. I don't know, so I don't know what size these are. There is actually a scale there, but I can't... T it's too small, like it's too pixelated. Presumably these tell. are microscopic. Presum presumably it's a nanometer scale. <laughs> uh... But they do exist? They, they certainly exist. This is, you know, an investigator with the BBC got his hands on plasticine clay prints of Jeff's paws. Yeah. If you want to go ahead and trust the BBC, the freaking Ben Bin Kak, as I call him. What? MIBs. <laughs> <laughs> so the prints got sent off to none other than the Natural History Museum in London to Mr. Reginald Pocock to see if he could identify the beast. He sounds smart. Yeah, absolutely. I don't even know what a Reginald is. Is that above captain or lower? I think it's on par with um, lieutenant. Right, cool. So pretty up there. What a Pocock is, is anyone's guess though. No idea. And to their shock, when they heard back from Mr. Pocock, he said that the prince, quote, could not be traced to any known animal. But as a caveat, he said, it could conceivably have been made by a dog. Kind of a contradiction there. There is no known mammal in which there is such a disparity in the size of the fore and hind foot, Pocock wrote to Price. Did he just say it could have been a dog? I do not believe these photographs represent foot tracks at all. Most certainly none of them was made by a mongoose. Basically what you're seeing in that image, which you guys can check out in the Patreon show notes, the difference in size between these two is apparently the forepaws and the hindpaws. Okay. And basically one set is like a f***ing quarter of the size of the other. Yeah. And as Mr. Pocock has pointed out, there's no animal on earth that that happens with. That there's that much Certainly of a not level of difference. Yeah, yeah. That's, that is ridiculous. That's like centaur level of difference hands and hooves <laughs> yeah he has the forepaws of a doll yeah and the hind paws of a even smaller doll yeah so this evidence was inconclusive so far basically but luckily there was more than where that came from after all jeff isn't going anywhere this isn't like some of the other cases we've studied where there's like a one-off incident where maybe you're left with a you know paw print like bigfoot print lying around and then if that's inconclusive Good Done. luck to you. Yeah. That's it. Case closed. Jeff is just probably like hanging out back at the house, like yelling insults at Jim at this point. So they went back and said, Jeff, we need something more. We need anything at all. A hair sample. And before long, he complied. My hair's twice as sturdy as doll hair. I'm like a goddamn Malibu Barbie fresh out the box. All your references are to do with doll. <laughs> 
you know that Malibu Barbie went to hell. Oh, 100% she <laughs> went to hell. Malibu Barbie had so many dark cocaine-fueled parties oh, in her yeah. Malibu lifestyle that she absolutely went to hell. Every one of her clothing items were made in the most horrific sweatshops imaginable. I think she was emotionally abusive to Ken, probably. Oh, yeah. And he's in hell, too. <laughs> for sure. I think it was for dog fighting or something. <laughs> that piece of shit. Yeah, but he complied. So they found basically a tuft of hair, a tiny, tiny tuft of hair lying on the mantelpiece one day. Jeff yelled, I pulled it from my eyebrow and my God, did it hurt? <laughs> Jesus. There was, there's, there's got to be a better way to do that. Yeah, than your eyebrow. You're ripping it from your eyes? <laughs> imagine, imagine you were at the doctor's. We need a, a quick DNA sample. Um, I'm just going to go get a swab. They like turn around for one second, come back. You, you got you a scalpel and you're like, I cut blood from my nutsack. <laughs> why did you go? Why did the you go straight? The purest blood of all. <laughs> nutsack Man's blood. blood. You wanted my DNA, right? That's where I keep it. <laughs> Because the longer that it's running around your body, the more womanly it gets, because it's further from the source, so it's not really mine, is it? The doctor's like, are you pissing right now? A backup, if you need that too. You missed, it, you missed the cup completely, you've just pissed all over the floor. I'm woozy from the nutsack wound. <laughs> doctor's like, yeah, we're just going to take a quick um, sample. He's just typing into his computer, he's here, he's, turns around and you're ripping off each toenail with a set of pliers <laughs> oh jesus christ stop it i meant like hair sample this is bad get me a doctor i am a doctor you don't know what's happening so now um because they wasted the natural history museum's precious time with the paw prints they had to go somewhere else to get this hair checked out you you burnt your bridges pocock's there. not picking up the phone anymore anymore no. they turned to naturalist f martin duncan and Duncan got back with this letter. I've carefully examined the hair microscopically and compared them with hairs of known origin. As a result, I can definitely state that the specimen hairs never grew upon a mongoose, nor are they those of a rat, rabbit, hare, squirrel, or other rodent. I'm inclined to think that these hairs have probably been taken from a dog. Okay. So we've got one set of paw prints that could have possibly come from a dog. We've got a hair sample now that is most likely taken from a dog. So there was just one thing left to do. Get a sample from the Irving's sheepdog, Mona, and send it to Duncan too. So, you know, CSI style um, goddamn microscope montage ensues. He actually writes up this very textbook-looking study comparing the different hair samples between Jeff and and Mona the dog. I didn't know that there were so many people out there in the educational institutions that would be so willing Mm. to just take on any claim or case. I mean, they just approached two people and he's like, "Eh, you got a ghost mongoose in the walls? I was like, I'll get in on that action. Yeah, it it was a beautiful time of open-mindedness. You know, I tried to call up the Natural History Museum today. Yeah. I get redirected to the police because they say, you have to stop calling. You have no right to bother these people. Stop sending hair in the mail. Yeah, it's abusive. Yeah. Yeah, you're sending your own bloody nutsack hair (laughs) to strangers who don't want it. Which is the wording, is this okay? (laughs) They're not doctors. They don't know that. Is this paranormal? (laughs) 
scrawled on a piece of paper also got blood on it. <laughs> but uh, the, you're right. This was at the perfect time in history. Yeah. Where open-mindedness and ignorance cross <laughs> in the, at the perfect point. That's what I call the goddamn second enlightenment. Yeah. Now we're. It, it was the peak of ignorance. The graph reached an all-time high, where anything was possible. It was the goddamn flower year. You know, I don't know a lot about the '60s and '70s, but I think it was just acoustic music, Woodstock, people banging each other in fields, Age of Aquarius, all that stuff. Nowadays, people are too lazy, too tired, and too smart to actually do anything about it. You see, these days, it's all a bunch of, uh, you know, peace, love, and hippies. Absolutely. You know, roaming around the place. Ooh, free love, man. No. Love isn't free. It costs money. The only time I want to see you putting a flower in the barrel of a gun is when you have learned how to weaponize that pollen to fire out a 12-gauge and take someone's head off. Because all these hippies out there they say violence is never the answer we gotta love each other and i say to them look through my telescope and then they'll look through it and they'll inevitably see planet x which yes we haven't covered in the podcast right. yet but they will see planet x hurtling towards the earth starships in tow with blasters ready to take out our planet at a moment's notice. Yeah. We need to arm against the intergalactic enemy. You, you turn to her and go, look, Summer, you're going to put a flower in the barrel of that f***ing ray gun? Hell no, it doesn't have a barrel. It uses crystals. Good luck. You're going to put a daisy chain on that guy's head? He didn't even have a neck. Just floats above his body. Huh? What are you going to do now, Daisy? Or Did Summer, whatever the f*** name is. <laughs> it's your own kid. <laughs> I come back after 20 years to my three kids <laughs> talking about Planet X. What are you going to do, kids? Huh? Your old man's back. Planet X is coming. <laughs> you little hippie, hippie assholes. <laughs> They're like, we regret inviting you to Christmas this year. You leaving was actually, we realize now the best thing you could have done. You wanted to keep us safe and we didn't realize you were the danger. <laughs> Mom was right. <laughs> You're a crazy person. Alien Grace from Planet X land and they come out and they're wearing uh, flower necklaces and they're like, peace, brother. You're like, oh, f this. <laughs> peace among worlds. That's bullshit. That is bullshit, bro. <laughs> we gotta be fighting. Walk over to the, the leader of the alien army, put a telescope up to his eye. See that? That's <laughs> That's planet Y. <laughs> that, that dude is coming down to get you. You're going to put your space flowers in the barrel of that laser gun. <laughs> they come down. You guys into the peace stuff? We're into that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Oh, you, you got to be shitting me, man. <laughs> Who's your leader? Someone bring me a telescope. <laughs> There's not even one nuke between all you pussies. <laughs> what kind of planets are you? A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a life licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. Yeah, th this researcher, Duncan, um, he examined the hair of Jeff, cross-analyzed it with the hair of Mona the Sheepdog, and wrote back, Your sample on examination is absolutely identical with the alleged mongoose hairs. That's not what you want to hear. They all came from the same animal, the dog, and not from any mongoose. This Duncan guy had just flipped the script. Maybe Jeff the mongoose... Stay with me here. Stole some dog hair to f the scientists. That's a stretch. Or maybe something even darker is afoot. Maybe there is no mongoose. Maybe he never existed. The mongoose is a cover-up for a haunted dog. This dog has framed an innocent mongoose. Maybe even a non-existent mongoose. It's f***ed up. Did you ever think that maybe the family have made this up? Hmm? And they are submitting dog hair uh, to scientists. What? When people show up, they're saying Jeff isn't appearing. He's on vacation. What would be the possible reason for doing that? The sad thing is I have no idea. <laughs> no, because this is a humble farming family from the Isle of Man. Uh, Jim, Margaret and Voiry are saints. Uh, pillars of their community. Look, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, diss the Isle of Man. I don't know how many bowling alleys it has, how many Odeon <laughs> cinemas it has, how many freaking cocktail bars it has. I don't know what there is to do there on a weekend. Maybe all you can do is make up paranormal stories and tell them to your friends and neighbors. How very dare you? Sure, the Isle of Man has absolutely. F none of those things yes it's boring as shit there's absolutely nothing to do it's unbelievably backwards they didn't even have electricity it was really boring i cannot stress that enough right right but these people are honorable they would never lie why would they lie how do you know that i don't but i've got something better than knowledge better than conviction evidence heart that's not and how I we trust use, people. That's not usually how we wrap up the Maybe podcast. Maybe you're a cynical, you know, jaded guy. We don't end the podcast by going. That's all the research. Um, 
heart. <laughs> there's usually evidence and a conclusion. Fine. Well, there's more where that came from. A silver bullet, if you will. So this was a pretty tense conversation when Jim got back to the house and had to confront Jeff. You can imagine. The dog? No, the mongoose. Right. In the walls. Jim. The ghost mongoose in the walls. Yes. Yeah. Obviously. Jeff turns the keys, opens up the door to his own house. You know, all the lights are off, but he can hear scuttling around. Of course. You said there wasn't electricity, so. I'm really not appreciating this. You're actually getting in the way of the storytelling, so (laughs) just keep it to yourself for a little bit. Okay. (laughs) Here's scuttling around the house. Uh, hey Jeff, so, yeah, so, Duncan actually thought that your hair came from the dog. Weird, I know, weird. What? He should not think. He should know. He damn well does not know what I am. At this point, you can only imagine the thoughts going through Jeff's mind. He's a king whose power was waning, a prophet that no one believed in. He had been embarrassed and disgraced in his own home. How could he recover from this? He had to prove his existence to the world once and for all. Throughout this investigation, he had obviously been asked many times to be photographed. The Irvings, journalists and investigators all asking, why won't you show yourself? Well, this was the straw that broke the camel's back. He turned to Voyery and said, These photos, they will be taken on the gate, up the road. Oh my god. And so they were. Voyery took photo after photo, the shots that would finally put months of speculation to rest. And right here in the podcast, I can show you these photos right now. Oh my god. Jeff the mongoose and his giant doll hands. Brace yourself, mother <sighs> What is that? Sorry, I'm paranormal mongoose. (laughs) What is that? Pretty dark, I know. I can't even. I can't even speculate what that is. His hands are massive. It's so. If you're gonna. If you've got the chance to take photos, why would you not make sure they're in focus? Half of them, he's so camera shy, he's hiding behind a post. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he really doesn't want to be there. I'm cutting them a little slack because it's the 30s, but they are a little opaque. <laughs> Very opaque. In one of them, it looks he looks like a doll. Another one, it just looks like a boulder he's placed on there. Third one looks like a potato. <laughs> it could well be, I'll be honest. You know what? But fair play for bringing some actual physical evidence to this this podcast. That's a rarity. Uh, on this show, and I appreciate that. Brother. We've had paw prints, hair samples examined by goddamn naturalists and the, the you know people who work at the Natural History Museum, and now photographs of by the beast. Evidence provided by certified Reginalds. Needless to say, Jeff faded into obscurity after this. No one, frankly, was won over by this scant evidence. It was widely assumed to be a hoax. Fair. Sadly... Jim Irving died in 1945, and the family had to sell up the house. But much less than fame and fortune befalling this humble farming family, the farm now had the reputation of being haunted and sold at a loss, actually. Wow, I forgot this was back in the days where that would actually impact the sales and pricing of a house. Yeah, it was kind of a gamble um, going public with this whole haunted mongoose thing. Yeah. 
Because nowadays you look at things like Skinwalker Ranch. Right. You know, a property being sold for millions yeah. because of its fame and publicity regarding yeah. the paranormal endeavors that take place. Um, but back in these days, you are basically saying that your property is a cesspit of haunted shenanigans. And no true. one wants to live on a cesspit. Especially on these small communities. I mean, I've heard stories within my lifetime in Ireland, in farming communities of people that are wildly um, superstitious and, you know, won't cut down fairy bushes or things like that. But it eventually found one buyer, a Leslie Graham, an actor in the 40s. And in a shocking and fast turn of events, he claimed to have shot and killed Jeff. Oh, Jesus, that was quick. But when he provided a corpse for journalists, it seemed to be a regular mongoose. Large, black and white. Nothing like previously described. Voiry herself broke the silence about it and claimed that that was not Jeff at all. Wait, were mongoose native to the Isle of Man? I think not. Uh, but we did hear, I believe in the last episode, that there was at least one farmer who had imported them for some reason. Right. Insane. Uh, maybe it was like a pet or pest control or something. Even back in the 30s, it's like kind of every animal is somewhere in every country. Yeah. You, know? you want a panther? Get a panther. It's easy. Is that what's growling? Is that what I'm hearing? Growling? A couple this, of this them. This is a new addition to the house. Yep. You really should have brought that up with the with the other housemates. I heard the movie was good. Thought I'd get my own. What, Black Panther? Black Panther. I got three of them. So you didn't watch Black Panther to um, to know that it's nothing really about Panthers? I didn't have to watch it. It was a five-star movie. Five stars, three Panthers. Too short. They wouldn't let me have any more. The flat's quite small. All I knew was I wanted to create my own Wakanda. So you have seen the movie. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. This is my first Panther, Chadwick. Insane. Second, Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> uh, and in 1970... Fate magazine, which I've never heard of before, but sounds extremely intense, tracked down Voiry herself and interviewed her about everything that happened. She was reluctant to talk, but did say, quote, Yes, there was a little animal who talked and did all those other things. He said he was a mongoose and we should all call him Jeff, but I do wish he had let us alone. Okay, so she's still, she's sticking with the story. Apparently. Okay, I, I admire that. I put it to you, was Jeff a paranormal sprite or just an extra, extra clever mongoose? Uh, can I say neither? You've only given me two options, but I feel no. like there is a world of other choices. <laughs> uh, I believe that Jeff was a creature invented by this family who didn't exist when the BBC showed up for evidence. They couldn't provide it. When they wanted uh, proof of his paw prints. They were inconclusive or that of a dog's. The hair was that of the dog. It was DNA tested to prove that. There was no evidence. Um, I think the family might have gone a little cabin feverish on the Isle of Man um, due to lack of Odeon cinemas and bowling alleys, as I said. So I think it's edging towards a no for me this week, but I want to hear what you have to say, Kit. Wow, that was actually a pretty brutal takedown of um, the last two episodes. Yeah, just suplexed Shit. them straight into the grave. I really shouldn't have pre-recorded. I spent all of yesterday pre-recording the yes, double yes ending to this. I actually called up Voyeur's living relatives 
and super inappropriate and said regardless of the answer it's a yes from us maybe more inappropriate if it was a yes they didn't know what i was talking about they were kind of (laughs) you just phoned up and said it's a yes yeah i thought they would know who we were but didn't um, know i think it's problematic that no one saw the mongoose uh you're really easing into this no even in 1970 voyery didn't even say outright that she had seen him right she said he said he was a mongoose and he asked we should call him jeff she didn't even say she'd seen him okay mongoose can't talk it's another thing another con right on the uh, the little tick on the con list yeah uh yeah no one saw him mongoose can't talk Hair was yeah, absolutely not. The so old, no. the evidence were, was lies. Definitely, <laughs> that's definitely true. Uh, investigators couldn't find anything to do with it. You're beating around the bush after saying evidence was lies. <laughs> that's, I don't think there's any other way to go from that sentence onwards. I just can't bring myself <laughs> to come down and know after, frankly years of research not mine granted i mean minutes of research on my behalf i don't think we have enough evidence (laughs) to say that this is a yes on the podcast today but as always we do have to come down on a hard and fast conclusion and it sounds like today both of us think that in the case of jeff the extra clever mongoose from the isle of man it is a double no Jesus. I mean, no one saw that coming. I know. What a shocker second part to this series. I was so on board for the first half. This case came so goddamn close to the wire with its reams of evidence and hairpin twists that I'm sure you guys out in the paranormal nation have plenty of your own ideas about whether this one was true or false. Yeah. Um, I know we've kind of flipped the script and said it's not real, but um, we'd love to hear what you think too. You can always email in your own opinions to this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed it, as always, hit us up on the socials. You can catch us on Twitter at thispyralife on facebook.com forward slash thisparanormallife, the Facebook group This Paranormal Life Secret Society. Um, it is a secret though, so absolutely keep it on the down low. It is the only place on Facebook that is free from the prying eyes of Zuckerberg himself. That's right. He's infiltrated every other group except ours. So, But, but, but because people don't talk about it, so... Get it, tell all of your friends, get him involved, and, sh- and keep it on the DL. It drives him crazy. Yeah. You know, he, he's he's a busy guy, he's a billionaire, but um, the one thing that he lies awake at night thinking about is that he can't get access to our little group. Yeah, because I'll be damned if I let that little hippie asshole join our civilization. The show notes to this episode and every episode that we cover on This Paranormal Life, those notes are available on patreon.com forward slash thisparanormallife. You want to see those pictures of Jeff? You want to see the DNA prints and all of the, the the conclusions that the scientists came to? We have the reports. We have the photographs, people. It's right here and it's available for as little money as $2, $3. What is it? $2. $2. That's a steal. We need to up the price. Yeah, 20 k This is classified shit. Patreon isn't just for show notes. We actually have other stuff on there. You can get bonus episodes if you just can't get enough paranormal tales, um, as well as merchandise and other things. We don't run ads on the podcast, so it is the best and only way to support this paranormal life. We just dropped a bonus episode the other day. Here's a clip of what one sounds like. 
My son was killed by a mountain lion. Mm. Load up the chopper, boys. And they're, you know, they're all out there because it's this time it's personal. I know. And and as he's like remembering back his son, you're just hearing the flashback in his head. Just, oh, gee, dad, are you sure it's okay to be here in the, the zoo with this sirloin steak in my back pocket? It's nutritious, Billy. Eat it up. It's going to make you grow big and strong. Okay, dad, but we're so close to the lion's den. Oh, those lions are vegetarians. They are, they're not worried about it. Looks like one of them's really hungry, Dad. Yeah, probably for a piece of lettuce. Dad, he's getting close. They're scared of eye contact. Just stare him out, Billy. Just stare him out. I'm in his mouth. That's right. Just play dead. <laughs> him remembering telling his son to play dead. I don't know where I got that information from. It couldn't have been more wrong. <laughs> And as always, at the end of every episode, we like to take the time to thank out those who have supported us on Patreon thus far. So here we are. Let's go. Thank you to Jody Rewa. Jody, I know your secret, Cody. Listen up to this. That was thank you for the Patreon money in mine and Cody's secret language called Language of the Brothers of Love. Uh, Jody actually just IM'd me uh, right here on Patreon and said um, I didn't catch a word of that. So, Oh, wait, what's his second name? Rewa. Re- Never heard of him. Oh. <laughs> I was thinking of a different... Uh, Cody. Jo- I was thinking of Cody. Oh, like not a nickname. Their name is actually just Cody. Yeah, that Cody. Codemaker. <laughs> Codemaker, Codebreaker. Uh, this guy, though, he seems like a swell dude. Thank you for supporting us on the Patreon. Thank you, too. Chloe George. Chloe gotta run fast can't go slowy when those cryptids are coming after you like a bullet in the night when the beast of blade and burrow is nibbling on your heels all i know in my head is i gotta be one step ahead of you to survive uh and what you should be thinking is you gotta be one step ahead of me you know if we're both running away from the beast and you start shiving my sides to get me to slow down mad respect that's the law of the jungle I accept my fate. What, shiving people? <laughs> exactly. If a lion comes at me, shiv him. Law of the jungle. Mad respect. <laughs> the lion's like, fair dues, brother. <laughs> Here's my cubs. <laughs> Throwing cubs at me. Guess what? Shiv them. <laughs> the lion's like, do you know what? Even bigger respect, brother. <laughs> for being a cold-hearted king of the jungle. <laughs> Uh, so thank you, Chloe, so much for supporting the Patreon. I hope you are enjoying all your bonus content. Thank you also to Rob Gray. That's the first thing I do on an alien planet. Rob the Greys. They got, <laughs> they got that space swag. We're talking ray guns. We're talking space crystals. We are talking the cure for 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 goddamn Pernus. <laughs> <laughs> Also known as cash. <laughs> I, I think we covered it in the previous show notes about the Hope Diamond that, you know, uh, the stuff that aliens use to just goddamn pave the streets, you know, they use diamonds, 24 karat gold, the kind yeah. of stuff that would make actually a pretty penny back on Earth. So fill your boots, Rob. Exactly. Thank you also to Catherine Eyre. Thanks, Catherine Eyre. Thanks also to Catherine Fire, Catherine Wind, Catherine Water, Catherine Earth. And all the guardians of planet Earth. Presumably all your sisters or some shit. Thank you. Really, really appreciated. 
Thank you also to Keir Nathan. Nathan, the man who's always a-racing. That's right, anytime I catch him, you know, trying to shred his documents. Because we're talking about a high-level agent in the MIBs. We're talking top, top-tier Nathan is. Like, he knows how to use a shredder. Like, yeah. And we're not talking about, like, a human shredder because he's top tier at the MIBs he's got alien shredders mm-hmm. that shreds the pages down into a wormhole mm-hmm. that shoots them out into the sun yeah. so this asshole's got his tracks covered all I'm gonna say is Nathan as soon as I find out how to get to the sun I'm gonna get all those little scraps of paper and you're going down buddy I'm going to WikiLeak all of it so sleep sleep well at night you know little goddamn space bed cause I'm coming for you Nathan to the also, th- thank you for the um, for the Patreon. Oh one. yeah, thanks. Yeah. Oh, actually, he's erased my entire life. It looks like. Holy Jesus. shit! My God, my entire identity stolen. It wasn't that good though. So I guess clean slate, right? That's pretty good. Harsh but fair. <laughs> thank you to Redmond. That's the choice we're faced with every day when we wake up. Do we want to take the Redmond or the Bluemond? Do you want to see how deep the rabbit hole goes? I don't remember which one is the weird one. The re- red Redmond is the weird one. Wouldn't that be super embarrassing if like Morpheus was like, you have a choice, the red pill or the blue pill. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you, you're thinking for so long that you're like, fuck man, I'm, I'm so sorry. Which one does which again? Like, you don't want to have to ask Morpheus, yeah. can you explain the pills again? Cause I then, forgot. Because then he's just like, you truly aren't the chosen one. No, no, no I want to no, come no. with my life. Shit, I want to come with you. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll take the um, I'll take the, the red one. <laughs> wow, you're going to take the red one? No, the blue one then, the blue one. Oh, you're going to take the blue one? I don't know which one's the blue one. <laughs> just let me eat the mirror. <laughs> let oh, me you, eat the mirror. You want to take a one? Oh, what a loser. <laughs> uh, I had six <laughs> reds for breakfast. Uh, so thank Barely you, Redmond. Barely even feel them anymore. <laughs> so, thank you, Redmond, for contributing to the Patreon. Arigato gozaimasu. Thank you, lastly but not leastly, to Sammy Hornsby. Shouldn't have eaten this ice. Wow, eating ice in the middle of a podcast? Sorry. Professional I didn't much? know we were on. We've been on for over an hour. What? I thought this was small talk. I thought this was warm-up at the top of the sode. <laughs> You're going to want to listen back to this because a lot of ice eating basically non-stop for the last hour. That's how I get warmed up. <laughs> By cooling down. Sammy Hornsby. Sometimes in life you got to grab the Sam by the Hornsby and wrestle it into submission. Nice. Thanks, man. Nonsensical, but hey, last one of the day. Sammy Horns, the little demon that he is, is going to get what's left. The crumbs of the improv. (laughs) Sammy, thank you so much for uh, contributing to the This Paranormal Life Patreon. Thank you so much to everyone who has contributed to This Paranormal Life Patreon. If you are yet to take that nosedive into the cement ocean, (laughs) please... You know, consider it. There is some awesome bonus content out there and it helps us keep making the show, put more money into it for equipment and, you know, um, online costs. A lot of online costs. We're into uh, something called gambling. William Hill, uh, mostly William Hill. Paddy Power. Paddy Power, Sky Bets. Yeah. A lot of the stuff. We're deep in the hole. So, uh, and going under. Yeah. So, please uh, We're not jump good on at it, I would say. Absolutely not. But we are paying... Um, 
with the Patreon funds, we were able to pay very top tier gamblers to teach us um, at great expense how yep. to gamble effectively. What's left is pennies. Right. And we lose those in the bet. Yeah. So um, bad teachers, bad bets. But not our money. That's the great part. So keep on giving. And I think one day, I think one day soon, we're going to hit the goddamn jackpot. Big. And yeah. guess what? You guys are shareholders in that success. And actually, someone hit us up this week saying that we actually missed their shout out a little while back. The nerve of them. So I apologize. So I don't. Whilst we are, you should, whilst we are getting to everyone um, and we think we're hitting everyone, if you do really think you've been missed out, let us know in a little message. No, let us know. And uh, I'll be sure to shout you out. Rory might not. Hard to say. Snitches, snitches get stitches. Wow, he's really digging his heels in by this. I don't know why. We're losing patrons by the by the number. Oh, don't be petty. Come on, don't be a snitch. (laughs) So I hope you enjoyed this, um, frankly, two-parter episode of this paranormal life. We will be back next week with a brand new paranormal tale. Goodbye. Bye bye.